What if one of you is the monster? Monster? They're British, you know. This is a detective in Sergeant um, Paul Monk recording at 12 minutes past 10 interviewing Christopher Denton on the um, on aiding and abetting in the activities laid out in the film The Devil of Christmas so Christopher I'm going to ask you first and can I call you Chris? yes Right, I'm going to ask you first to explain a little bit about the uh, the film in question. Do you remember you are under caution? The Devil of Christmas is an episode of Inside Number Nine. It's actually the what, what's that? Inside Number Nine is an anthology TV series um, made up of thirty-minute episodes, written by and starring Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, who okay. you, you you may remember them from. League of Gentlemen or Psychoville. Yeah, we banged them up last last week. The, the Devil of Christmas is a Christmas-themed episode which is based on an idea... Well, I mean, I think I, 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 need, I need to explain what it is in several ways. So the first thing is, it's a pastiche of 1970s TV. I think it's... Um, Conceit is that it's footage from a recording in December 1977 of a, of a TV uh, play. Um, ghost stories and, and the like were very popular in the 1970s. Um, you probably are old enough to remember that. I won't respond to that, but um, yeah, I am. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, Can I just ask... Am I entitled to a solicitor? No. No. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No. Not not this time of night. <laughs> is that how the law works? Yes, it is how the law works. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. telling you now, that, that's, that's, you don't have any rights. So, The, the, the Devils of Christmas stars um, Pemberton and Shearsmith. They, uh, each episode generally does feature them in, in acting roles. Not always, but generally. And it also guest stars Rula Lenska, who you may remember as being um, a great of uh, TV of yesteryear, in fact, of the period that they're pastiching. And yep. also Jessica Rain, whom uh, I understand from um, members of my family, who are perhaps of the older persuasion, that is that she is the star of something called Call the Midwife. That is correct, she is, and I think you'll find she was also in an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, that's true. Was it one of the Stephen Moffat episodes? Yeah, Hyde. Hyde. Which one was that? That's the one that was the rip-off of the stone tape. Oh, oh yes, okay. And wasn't um, Rula Lenska in Doctor Who as well? She was, yeah. She was in um, uh, Resurrection of the Daleks. Of course, Resurrection of the Daleks, yes. Um, so, anyway, officer, to go back to the, um, the, the, the TV show in question, um, I think she, P- 
Pemberton plays a successful businessman on holiday in Austria with his new wife, his second wife, um, Kathy, I think, yeah. played by Jessica Rain. And that's um, what I have here in my notes. And and also they're on holiday with um, Jessica Rain's mother-in-law, Rula Lenska, and um, also her stepson, uh, whose name I forget. Toby. Toby, yes. Um, And um, they're being looked after by Klaus, played by Reese Shearsmith, who's the... um, Caretaker of these uh, Alpine, well, not Alpine resort, Al- whatever the equivalent is in Austria. It's the Alps. Oh, the Austrian Alps. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I defer to your superior knowledge of geography. Uh, thank you, but um, I don't think we can really use that as, as evidence, so we'll, we'll strike that from the interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you like to know? So I would like to know a, a little bit, a bit more about the uh, context and and um, how how this this story of yours fits with the crime in question. Well, um, this episode isn't quite presented just like an archive episode of TV. Um, you, you may um, you may know that I. Uh, also um, have made some episodes of a podcast called A Very British Horror and on that we've discussed genuine um, archive TV from the 70s and, yep. and, and we've conf- had to confiscate all episodes as evidence well when you go through that evidence you, you, you will hear these discussions and, and you, you will know that um, I'm actually very fond of this kind of um, this, this kind of art as I'd like to call it yeah um, we talked about an episode of Dead of Night, didn't we? And 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 some of the M. R. James um, adaptions from the seventies. Really very good. In in fact, um, probably better made than, than this affects to be. Well, this most reminded me of. Um, so the Devils of Christmas most reminds me of maybe casting the runes or um, uh, some, some 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 something that's sort of modern day and not set. In, yeah. The Hammer House of Horror TV series, maybe. Well, that came a bit later, of course. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, they're not they're not, not dissimilar. Yeah. Um, but but it's not like I say, it's not completely just a passage because it also has this director's com- seeming director's yeah. commentary, uh, which is uh, voiced by Derek Jacobi as the the director of Devils of Christmas, uh, Dennis Fulcher. Yep. Yeah. And and so we get some insight into the making. We've got some quite uh, amusing story about them moving this this picture of Krampus around, and um, then there's some bits about Rula Lenska missing her mark. Although she doesn't he, he doesn't call her Rula Lenska. She's got a, a, yeah. a made up actress yeah. actress name Nancy or something, isn't it? Um, and, and and so it, it goes along like that. It's quite it's quite funny because. Um, it's meant to be funny as well as horror. Yeah, uh, it's a pastiche and a parody in some ways. Yeah, and 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 the kind of um, it seems to me like it might be trying to parody the style of those programs and how they were filmed as well. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, the ca- one of the cameras comes into shot at yeah. one, one point, and there's there's a good uh, 
there's a good scene slightly later on where Rulinska storms off up the stairs, but left. I mean, the stairs don't go anywhere, so you can see in the background of the shot that she's just gone up half a flight of stairs and her feet are still there. Yeah. <laughs> she's got nowhere else to go. And uh, Derek Jacobi draws her attention to yes. this um, in the persona of Dennis Fulcher. I noticed while uh, watching this that the it professes to be using a three-camera setup for yes, studios, yes, it, which, is, which is something they used to traditionally do. Um, and then the shots were edited um, in real time, um, and and so that you had the feed from three different cameras, and the cameras men would know where to go. So it's quite an appalling way of uh, making a television yeah, program. Yeah, but it, but it but it was not. It, you know, it didn't take as as long to make. No, made uh, very single quickly. camera stuff. So it's made very quickly. Um, but but there is. I did notice that there is one shot where. Um, What's her name? Kathy is is looking in the in the bathroom cabinet uh, with the pills. Yes, okay, I remember the sh- and, remember the and, scene. And there's a bit where it's shot through the cabinet, and I think in a three multi camera setup, you probably wouldn't have been able to do that shot necessarily. No, because those cameras were big yeah. cameras, were they? You and and you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been able to move the camera away quick enough before the, the other, when cutting to the the camera that's looking at a sort of side on and you'd see the other one yeah so, yeah, so, so, so uh, to me that's suspicious I, I it doesn't fit the facts your, your powers of observation <laughs> are, are, are clearly keen in the mind um, but I, I mentioned this, this picture the, this picture of Krampus and, and of course the, the kind of uh, the horror story within the the um, the 70s TV show is about um, Krampus the, and Krampus is uh, like um, and that's, a, that's a, an actual real um, sort of Christmas legend isn't it well so I understand I mean Krampus isn't a tradition in the no, UK at all no, it, is a, it is mainly in, in, in sort of Germany and Austria and yes well it's an evil version of Father Christmas and I recently became yeah. familiar with this legend after not really knowing anything apart from the name because there's a feature film, a horror film from a few years ago called yeah. Krampus. Yeah. And I sat through all of it. Was it bad? I sat through all of it. That's basically <laughs> my review. Um, as you may know, um, or indeed be able to infer from the last 10 minutes of our conversation, I like British horror. And this is some terrible American... Horror, horror film with it doesn't really have anything um, in the way of plot, characters, acting, or effects, or you know, <laughs> any. It has nothing to recommend it at all, basically. But it does give you a bit of a crash course on who Krampus is and what the whole thing's all about. Yeah, um, which was handy for context for me when I came to watch something I was actually interested in: The Devils of Christmas. Yes. And you also get quite a good explanation from Rhys Smith, Shearsmith doing a, a kind of cod German accent yeah. um, about Krampus and, and his the first day and the second day and then the third day, Jake's to hell. Um, and, and, but because he has to have quite a long speech to explain, because no one watching this is going to really know no, no. Uh, or 
uh, who Krampus is, and and then you got Jacoby saying, "Oh, this goes on a bit." This yeah. is kind of like um, quite. I mean, to be honest, it more kind of relieves the tension than is actually a joke. It's all yeah. you got this horror stuff, and then um, um, Derek Jacoby just making light of it, and you've actually got. Um, he's used as a counterpoint to some of the horror stuff when it gets to really creepy yeah, moments. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I ha- we haven't uh, the 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 kid Toby is really sympathetic. And when um, you start to think that Krampus is going for him with the, the first day, the twigs in the shoe, yeah. the second day, the scratches on his body, you actually get quite scared for him because he's quite a lovable, likable little chap, I think. And so so you've got this kind of element of. Um, uh, like genuine horror with a, a like a, a likable child in jeopardy. He, he is, does seem to be um, quite typical of that seventies sort of child actor, though. Where well, yeah, quite but, often they would be the the children of some of the producers. Or but but, but the thing is, um, I mean, he's a real child. I presume he's still a child because <laughs> yeah, I mean, they only made so. this like last year. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's not actually a seventies actor. <laughs> no. Um, no, but he's got that seventies hairstyle and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They, um, so, so you you almost think you're watching. I want to say like The Omen Two, but not quite. <laughs> but it's it's uh, um, anyway. Um, so the first bit, the first section of Devils of Christmas is really like the threat to Toby, and and you find out a bit more about. Um, the other, the other characters, like I say, there was this first wife, Elizabeth. Yeah. And you know that um, Rula Lenska's character doesn't like uh, her, her daughter-in-law at all. I think is she just called Mother. I think she's just—I can't remember. If oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we I, have I, just watched it, so we should know. Well, I mean, I've watched this three times now, and I still <laughs> can't remember who any of the characters are called, apart, apart from. <laughs> Apart from Klaus, Reese Smith yeah. is called Klaus, yeah. and, um, and and he's got this kind of um, wig and, and yeah. moustache as as he, um, so he, so he's kind of um, playing older. It's a older. Fun, fun racial stereotype, isn't it? Well, to to a certain extent, but he's quite sympathetic, Klaus, yeah. isn't he? He's nice. Toby is a good boy, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I think though. After they find scratches on his body, they get scared of Krampus, essentially, yeah. or something happening. I mean, Rulalenska is more scared that something's going on with uh, the daughter-in-law she doesn't trust. But anyway, <laughs> to- Toby and uh, and his grandmother go away, leaving just um, j- just Steve Pemberton. Yeah. Who's, I don't even know. What's his character? His name Roger. Roger. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call him Roger. Let's call him Roger. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 and Kathy stay uh, stay on their own. And there's a storm, isn't there? And, yeah. And and um, uh, like a branch comes through the window, and it's all quite scary. And and then uh, Krampus himself appears, which is interesting. Interesting kind of bad seventies um, costume. So- Rubber mask, isn't it? it? It is, but there is the first time he like, appears. It's, 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 like, it's like the first time he appears is like a sh- a shot. He's sort of a out silhouette. Focus. Well, no, there's a silhouette of his shoulder, isn't there? As he's and, yeah, and an ear. And then when you see the f- the bit front on, he's 
much more it's sort of out of focus so even yeah. though it's a rubber mask it looks quite good it, yeah because it's, 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 it's kind of interrupting um, a discussion between Kathy and Roger about the the um, possible parentage of Kathy's unborn baby did I mention she was pregnant no you haven't mentioned that oh, oh she's pregnant um, um, so uh, oh and Dennis Fulcher sort of said in, in the earlier commentary oh that's my idea um, just to make the ending more poignant yeah and um, which you liked you said I like that yeah yeah, yeah. knowing what you know about the ending yeah um, so um, where was I yes so Krampus basically st- starts to drag Kathy uh, away and then Roger goes let's go you fiend <laughs> and um uh, tries to attack Krampus but then he has a heart attack yeah. and then we discover that Kathy has um, poured all his heart medicine down the sink and then Krampus takes off his mask and it's Klaus and then yeah. Klaus takes off his fake moustache um, and so he's not even Klaus at all no. and he's got an English accent and his name's actually Simon Yeah, and so it's all been a trick it's all been a terrible terrible trick signposts earlier on by saying what if he's not Klaus and he's just someone that's rented the thing? She actually just says it all, all out. That whole, she, she does that say whole that, plot. and she knows that's all, that's yeah. completely the case. So, sorry, sorry. I, I'm just looking at Audacity, and I've just realised there are two lines. <laughs> we seem to be recording on two channels. That might sound a bit weird. No, I apologise if this sounds weird. It always does that. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I'm just distracted. I'll We've had some terrible. We've had some terrible, ter- terrible technical problems in the podcast, uh, officer. I don't mind telling you, uh, but hopefully they're fixed now. Hopefully, I think, I think you're just trying to distract from from the facts. Okay. Yeah. And I think you need to get back on track. And I think that perhaps you need to try and explain a bit about the the ending. Okay, so then, then, then um, Kathy is in the bedroom with Simon, and Simon's still kind of half dressed in his Krampus costume, and he chains her to the bed, which she quite likes, and then, um, and, and then he, she calls him Simon, and he says, "I don't know any Simon. My name's Krampus," and he raises his claws, and then it's uncut, yeah. and, and and that's that's kind of the end. Apart from it's not the end. Because they say goodbye to Reece Shearsmith, but they yeah. leave... And, and all the other actors go. Yeah, and they leave Kathy tied to the bed, and then and she's actually gagged for scene 18B, yeah. and there's this plastic sheet put underneath her, and then there's this other... There's this bald guy, angry bald guy, puts the campus mask on, and, um, yeah, so basically the big reveal, the big twist is that this is a snuff movie. Yeah. And... Um, on the commentary suddenly he goes serious and, and, and he goes this is the moment when she realises when there's no acting when she realises what's happening yeah uh, and, and, but also as if he's done this lots of times yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so it's like they always realise yeah yeah so so it seems that um, Dennis Fulcher is in fact a stuff movie serial killer yeah and um, and the, the big twist at the, at the end of The Devils of Christmas is that it hasn't been a director's commentary at all it's been a police interview 
and you know having a police interview is a really that's, good that's twist that's rather isn't it? strange yeah it's a, it's a really really good plot device it's, it's excellent for getting your information across it's a really good spin on things isn't it, it is, just yeah. to pretend to have a police yeah, interview it is so. it's not at all cheap and Rubbish. No, and it really, it really works. It really enhances. It really the, does the whole thing. <laughs> I think we so, both both agreed there. So <laughs> the excellence of that kind of uh, conceit. Yes. So to me, this 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 raises a couple of questions. So, firstly, how many of the crew are in in on on this? Which I think a lot of them are, because a lot of them still hang around for this part. I I, I think the entire crew. I think it's just the actors who but, are. Right? But yeah, that's the second one. Is what about the rest of the cast? Well, we we already know that the actor that plays Roger has gone because yeah. he's had to rush off to do a Finder's voiceover. Yeah, which I, I thought I thought was um, actually that's that's quite a good reference to Orson Welles indirectly because I think Orson Welles right. was very famously did the Finder's adverts. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> completely for the money. And um, I guess they were thinking that I think they were thinking of Orson Welles okay. when they put that in. But it was good. So, 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 um, and uh, yeah, all the other actors have gone. Um, but the, the set, there's still plenty of people on the set. Um, and Dennis Fulcher has, the, the young Dennis like, Fulcher has come onto the set yeah. to supervise personally the guilty bastard. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that there may have been. Perhaps a little bit of a break to allow the the rest of the actors to well to leave, or is it? Or do you think it is quite seamless? No, no because the end of the the actual script to the end. The well, there's quite a good pace uh, at the end of Devils of Christmas. Partly, it comes from the um, the, the sort of speedy re- re- resolution, but partly because we, we we know that they run out of studio time, so they have to oh, do it really quickly. That's true. So. Um, so what you're what, saying what is, is it? This, this goes for is, the, the the fact that TV unions were very strict in those days, and, and you had to finish at five. But they also had to do this all you had on to one by day. Ten was it? Ten? Was it ten? Ten in the evening. Oh, okay. Otherwise, the the lights just went out. Ten on the dot. Okay. Yeah. The electricians turned everything off. Yeah. So if you hadn't got it by then, you were you were a bit stuffed. And uh, and I think that that comes through. Yeah. So so um, yeah, Fulcher says. It's Gandhi in the morning, Holly Oaks in the afternoon, <laughs> just yeah. to, to indicate how you have to start rushing the closer you get to this hard yeah. stop. And, 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 and so I think um, they, they basically had, uh, it says in it they've got 10 minutes to record the actual ending, right. as they do in five, which gives them yeah. five minutes left to do the murder. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, and you can see they're, they're on the clock, really. Yeah. Cause, but then all the, all the, all the Technicians are probably in on it, so so possibly if they needed a bit of extra time to really do the murder those, you, properly, you, those union rules are very strict. They, seriously, they would have been. I don't know if out of can, a job. I don't know if you can do union murders. So well, I'm imagining that this was sort of out of the union. They they, they, they were. I mean, no, so, but even so, in the TV studio or a studio. Well, possibly, no. possibly actually, because it, it's really fast, and the last shot is the guy. Yeah, the murderous bald guy uh, raising a massive knife, like yeah. a Bowie knife or something. And then, and is, then, is it important to to point out that he's bald? Does that have any bearing on him being murderous? You seem to be implying that baldness e- equals equals murderous. No intent. Absolutely not. Um, I'm a big fan of Patrick Stewart. 
So therefore, okay. I can't possibly be prejudiced against bald people. Okay. He still has some hair, though. Not in his head. What hair does he have? He has hair on the sides. He's not completely bald. Okay. I hadn't noticed that hair. I have to have a... Well, in Star Trek The Next Generation, he does. Okay, that was a while ago, though, wasn't yeah. it? He probably is completely bald now. In fact, I think he is. Okay, point taken. Yeah, Um, I do keep going, but I I think all I can say is the guy's bald because it's the only thing you really because you haven't seen him. He's not actually a member of the cast, uh, or possibly the crew. He looks like he's been brought in as a specialist murderer. Yeah, but but maybe because he can do the murders quick to keep them within the union rules. And 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 I've got a big knife. Well, so and he brings it down violently because he and yeah. um, you don't see any blood or anything, but God, you know. I missed out on saying he he had a big chopper because, but luckily we didn't say that. No, that that would that was lucky we avoided that because it would have completely <laughs> lowered the tone and and ruined the whole atmosphere. Ruined the entire discussion. police interview. Yes. Yes, which would be a shame because, as we've already established, it really <laughs> is a, really well at, a uh, very fine conceit. Is, which which uh, we have kept up. I know for over twenty five minutes. Well. Over twenty five minutes now, uh, officer. So, um, <laughs> um, but I wanted to say that this is this is another good thing about the the voiceover, which you have enjoyed as as our resident Doctor Who uh, yeah. expert. Because um, he he says earlier um, in the commentary, Fulcher says um, I didn't want to do this at all, but work was scarce. Yeah. I had a meeting the previous week about Wurzel Gummidge, but Pertwee has his favourites. Of course, I'd known that from my days on Who. Or something like yeah, that. he does say that. <laughs> um, which um, y- you know, did John Pertwee? Did John? Is that accurate? Authentic? Did um, John Pertwee have his favourites? Did he care who directed I think, his... I think later on, I think he was... Uh, it could be a bit difficult, but it was more to do with actors than, than, than necessarily crew and directors. I don't think he had much say in that. I do, I do remember that reverse the polarity of the neutron flow was the only piece of science gibberish they could get him to learn. Yeah, he, he had to <laughs> say everything else from big cue cards stuck around the place. <laughs> um, anyway, I can I point out, because he says about doing a thing of gummage, do you think that possibly we've missed out on having an episode of Words of Gummage somewhere at which point one member of the cast is, is brutally murdered at the end aren't Sally's chopped up or oh um, I, I maybe even they, they kind of remove Gummage's head for real I, I think because he had a bit of a grudge against Pertwee I, I, I think probably the implication is that if he'd got gummage, and he does say, if only I'd got gummage, um, if, he'd, if he'd done that, then he probably wouldn't have done the murder, and then he probably wouldn't have ever been caught, because um, he, he's having a police interview because this footage has arrived, but um, yeah. presumably he's done lots of other murders, he's not saying he regrets, so yeah. he's just saying he regrets being caught. So, so he's, do he doesn't, he's not sorry at all. So do we think, then, that there are, there are, the other murders weren't recorded? No, I'm sure they were all recorded. I'm sure he's a snuff movie director. Right. Um, I think this is the one that's come to light. Okay. I, th- I think that's I think that's what the ending means. Um, 
But if I, I'm sure there was no threat to Una Stubbs' employees. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think that's important to establish. But can I just say then on a wider point about Inside Number Nine? Really, is a very fine series. This is a this is a, a good episode of uh, what is consistently a, a great show. Yeah. Um, it's not the best episode. I think everyone would be able to tell you what the scene inside number nine would be able to tell you what the best episode of inside number nine is 12 days of Christine that's the only answer of course <laughs> which is amazing amazing half an hour of television but um, and it does move around genres they're not all horror no um, I mean a comedy, lot of them have horror, well, there's quite a few that have horror elements but comedy horror is kind of their thing yeah. if you League of Gentlemen and Psychobill are both kind, yeah. kind of comedy horror aren't they and, and so um, inside number nine does that does does quite regularly go into that territory, and like yeah. there's one episode each season which is just horror. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is the season three horror. One. Yeah, um, but but it does other genres really really strongly as well. Yeah. So. For instance, the, the karaoke one. Oh, uh, it's it's just not at all. Empty orchestra. Yeah, I really horror. like that. I really like that with the yeah, with the sympathetic deaf girl, and then yeah. and Tamsin Heathwaite in a really unsympathetic role. Yeah, yeah which is a shame because I like her but I didn't like her character. No. Um, if I had to rate them, I would say that Inside Number 9 is superior to Psychoville and The League of Gentlemen just because I think those ideas ran out of steam. There's some yeah. really amazing episodes yeah. of both, but by by the end, it's really not that great anymore. No. Whereas Inside Number 9, I mean, this is the third season like I said well that's as many seasons as Lee got yeah. and more than Psychoville and it's as strong as ever whereas yeah. where, whereas, whereas those shows that's because it's just doing something different it, each episode yeah well and it's sort of it's quite interesting it did remind it's obviously quite quite compared to Tales of the Unexpected but I've been watching a few of those oh Tales of the Unexpected yeah, yeah. well they're not actually that dissimilar from no. the, the shows The Devil of Christmas is pastiching yeah. probably a couple of years later but no longer than that because no, no. they're on, they're on one of the um, the satellite channels yeah. aren't they yeah and I can't remember which one but yeah I've been watching them on on there and they're not awfully good are they I mean the Roald Dahl ones presumably are I yeah well it's only the first series of Roald Dahl ones and I think there's a few of the adaptations of his stories in, in series two and then it all goes on to original stuff and I haven't watched that many of those when we were at school together um, they had those books in the library and I loved them yeah but that was, that was all the Roald Dahl stories no one else's yeah, yeah uh, no, I remember reading those quite quite often oh and I think I think I studied one wasn't there yeah. one the, the landlady kiss, or kiss kiss no we did one yeah we did the landlady as a short story yeah study it was really, yeah. really creepy. I still remember it. So yeah, they yeah. they're really good. And uh, so I think I think I can see tells the unexpected, but particularly Roald Dahl yeah. in, in Inside Number Nine. Yeah. I wouldn't say because they did go quite crappy and generic, and you could never say that yeah. that, that, that Pemberton and Shearsmith had gone that way. No. Uh, an observation about um, about Reece Shearsmith. I've always thought, and I, I think it's increasingly unlikely now. That he he's basically a leading man. I think he he could be like a, um, I mean he 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 could almost be a movie star. But he does this this comedy and this writing instead, and and he's never um, 
Um, he never really plays. He mostly doesn't play like really central characters, um, like like the the male leads. No. So like in this, it's character part. Yeah, yeah. But but he really can do it. He just doesn't seem to. There was that just, film in which he played a serial killer, wasn't there? That TV series. Yeah, that yeah. Film. That's about. Yeah, that's about the only time he's actually yeah. done it, and he was nice. playing a really horrible yeah. villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget what that was called. No. I mean, oh, Pemberton has done like Benidorm or something, hasn't he? Yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean, he, he and 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 Poirot and oh, yeah, or, yeah, he's done a few, few pieces. Both probably. Yeah. So I mean, he he, he, he but then he's I mean, very very good actor. He, he strikes me as a like if you're talking in straight actor terms, he would be a character actor. Yeah. yeah. But but Shearsmith would be the. The, the star but instead they both do um, this really strong uh, comedy well it's, it's com- sort of comedy um, yeah. there's nothing really like inside number nine you, it's not it's not it's, it's, not, not, it's not it's even not com- a comedy is it is there some of the comic comic elements in it and some of the episodes are deliberately funnier than others but it's like it's not no it's true I think it gets lumbered with being it's because they're half an hour it's yeah. because they're half an yeah. hour long that's um, which is basically the only that, comedy. I know that, that wasn't there when they released the first series. There was quite a long delay before it actually got put out, and then there was publicity was a bit scarce because I think the BBC didn't really know quite what it was. It was very brave of them to commission. But then I think, it, but then I think it's become really super popular, so it, it's all fine now. But because Psychoville was never that successful. No. Um, it was the first season and the Halloween special. Yeah, Brilliant. That was great. Uh, but it was, I don't think. The first season has the best ending of any TV series ever. It probably should have left it there, in fairness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I really love Psychoville, uh, the early episodes of Psychoville. Yeah. And I'm really big, um, really big fan of those guys. And um, I, I understand there is a league reunion. Uh, on the cards or not even on the cards but yeah. actually happening uh, so that would be those guys with Mark Gatiss and yeah. the writer guy Jeremy Dyson yeah um, I don't know I just I just I, I, I think I think they're only going to do a little one off thing so I think that, I think that that's right work. because they did that, that film work. as well that and that film work. sucked as well didn't well, it I quite like the film so, no, uh, well it didn't suck as bad as League Season 3 no Season 3 you, you need to rewatch it again right. Rewatch it again in, in sort of isolation. They just they just they just went through it, it, in League season good. three. They just went through ruining all of the characters that set up in season one and two. The no, Papa Lazarou episode of season three is just like yeah, that, that he he's <laughs> they run his course though because that's just he's kind of like a one uh, a one note character. But there there's some there were some good episodes uh, in there. I, I I have to admit I didn't like any of it. And when did you last watch it? Well. I don't rewatch things I don't like. I don't you torture should, you myself. Should, you should give it another go because I didn't really much like it either first time around. But I enjoyed it a lot so more. So I remember because this was on recently. this was on BBC Three, yeah. um, and, and they had like a documentary about it. And I remember that um, the documentary of the making of it was quite negative. It was like um, the the league didn't even like it. No. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know what. I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know if they're perfectionists. They probably are. I mean, they obviously, yeah. they obviously are to some degree. Whether they they were conscious that this just wasn't quite working, or maybe maybe it was working, but, but 
great. It was it, like, it, hard. It's, maybe yeah. the fact that it was different you need, is I what think makes you need to watch it, it hard. You need to watch it in isolation from the first two series. Well, I do. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you need to have some so, idea of the characters. So, if you're if you're listening, Mister Shearsmith or Mister Pemberton, because they do obviously uh, googling themselves relentlessly. Um, but if you are listening, uh, I we did buy the League Series Three, so you've had. As, I mean, I've paid you indirectly for it anyway. It's just like with, with everything else you've ever done, in fact. So, <laughs> so don't take it as criticism when I say, well, as too bad criticism when I say I don't like it. <laughs> I think you should give it another go. I think I, I think I will, officer. Yeah, <laughs> I think I will because you know I, I think they're I think they're geniuses, and I don't really, that's, really that's yeah. Give it another go, providing you know you're not going off for a stretch after this interview. Well, well, may, maybe I'd get uh, privileges for good behaviour, if indeed. Well, sit well, we'll see. Oh, okay. Is there anything else you'd like to cover, officer? Um, officer, I'm keeping you officer like that. Like that's how people speak. <laughs> Excellent role play. Says officer. I think I said as well that I'm a, a detective sergeant. So. A detective sergeant still an officer. I know it? it is, but you know, officers normally American. Programs or in, in British things, it's when it's a uniform guy. Okay, fair enough. I'm seeing myself more of a, a like a, a, a Lewis as opposed to like Morse. Yes, but without the accent, obviously. I'm just rambling now. I, I think all this. I did. I did just want to. I did just want to say one more thing about the <laughs> ending. Is it um, as as people who listen to this are probably aware that I tend to watch these things either whilst commuting or this I ended up watching I think one morning before work and I'm, I must have missed something or, or something oh, yeah, because yeah. I didn't I didn't get what was happening in this at all at the end it didn't well season three it, I think I, I did actually, actually had some... message you and say I didn't really get what was happening. And, and I had to say, it's a snuff movie. Because at least, like, in the last... It's only the last 30 <coughs> seconds where that becomes clear. Yeah. So it's very easy to miss. So, yeah. But at least it is It is clear. There are a couple of episodes in season three where the twist ending makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. Like the the, 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 the one in the restaurant. The one, the one with the, the, the con. Yeah. I don't understand the last, the ending. And also yeah. the, the art gallery one. No. I, which I really liked. And I do great. not... Un- but I, yeah, what, what what was it? I don't uh, get the ending at all. No. So again, you know, <laughs> Reese Smith and Steve Pemberton, if you are listening, do let us know. Please do let us know. And please, uh, please, please don't. Yeah, please, please, I mean, I'm a big fan. I am honestly a big fan. But I don't think know. anyone understood the ending of the art gallery one. No, I mean, I've got lots of criticism of your work, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like. I would like yeah. to know the, what was the idea. But maybe thirty minutes isn't always enough time. What I found actually with them with this series of it, just talking generally, is I found a lot more of the kind of twist endings more disturbing. They they seem to have been consistently more disturbing. And, and oh, it creeps me out a lot more. The the riddle of the Sphinx, for instance. Yeah, yeah. and the shoe one as well. Oh yeah, the, the well the the ending of the the shoe episode, diddle diddle dumpling, isn't it? Yeah. It was it was basically the ending of the Shining. 
Yeah, kind <laughs> of. But yeah, it was, but, but it was kind of... I think a lot of the endings have kind of stayed with me, whereas in, in some of the other series, they haven't quite so much. I, I, th- I think that's true. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's true. Um, but I would like, I'd like to end on an observation. Okay. We're actually... The, I live at number nine. So we are inside number nine we right are. now recording this episode. We are. Right. Okay. And um, that's... that's Let's hope nothing bad happens. That's the end of this DVD commentary. See how I yeah. swung it around. You did, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and, so... Um, but, 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 but before um, we finish with this DVD commentary... That still makes no sense. No, because it's, it's a police interview. Yeah, oh, it's a DVD commentary on a police interview. That's the okay. twist. It's a twist. I've done a twist ending. Okay. That doesn't really make any sense. I know. It's a tribute to season three. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. Now, um, how can people um, get in touch with us if they want to harangue us or, uh, or compliment they can call, us? Call the police. They could call the police, call but that is police. that is quite a drastic step. <laughs> What about if they want to harangue us, but not quite as much as that? Okay, so we're, we're not we're not in character now. Um, they can harass us on Facebook, um, and you can find us there where we're a very British horror. And you can harass us on Twitter, where we're at very Brit horror, or you can email us at very British horror at gmail dot com. And you said we had an Instagram. We do have an Instagram, yeah, but I couldn't find it. It's a very underscore. Did you put any pictures on it? Because I'm sort there, of there needs... is there is one picture on there. Is that the studio the in the studio pic we did before? Oh, oh no, that's that's probably there might be two pictures. Well, on I hope there. you put the in the studio pic. But we don't we 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 don't really know what to do with Instagram. But it just seemed like a cool thing to have. I, I, no, no, it is a cool thing to have. Yeah, um, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, every picture I've ever seen on Instagram has been of Kim Kardashian. That I that think... that is a pure coincidence. No, I've got to reassure. Probably because I have a 12-year-old um, daughter. Most of the pictures I see are uh, those silly ones with the dog faces. Oh, yeah, yeah, lots. Yeah, no. lots of those. Um, anyway, that concludes this police interview. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy to say that we don't have enough evidence to keep you here, so you're free to go. Um, but, yes. but first... yeah. But first, there there is a, a very large library fine I have to talk to you about. Uh, I'm a bit skint this month because murdering people is expensive. Right, that's it. No, right. <laughs> In the cells. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, um, until the next time, which could be 15 years with good behaviour, yeah. I've been Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. Good night. Bye. Bye.